This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Showing what's for Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday night. It's going to get cold this week, but that's all right. There's plenty of racing action happening around the country, and we got a lot to talk about tonight. Welcome in. Before we get into all of it, let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Tom Blomquist, Colin Braun, Elio Castroneves, and Simon Pagino grabbed the Rolex 24 from Daytona with Meyer Shank Racing. It's their second consecutive overall win in the Rolex 24. Shall we talk a little late model action? The Castrol Flow Racing Night in America point fund was released early last week. Of course, when was it released? Tuesday, after our show was already put out. A potential $137,000 point fund is in place for 10 positions. The champion is guaranteed 50K, but could pocket 75 grand if they get the perfect attendance bonus. And finally, Two-time Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Car Champion Matt Westfall has committed to run the USAC National Sprint Car Tour full-time in 2023. He'll remain behind the wheel of his very familiar Ray Marshall Motorsports number 33M. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way for the final episode of the 2022 season, also known as Season 4. When we talk next week, Rich France will be rolling in to Season 5. Yep, boy, time flies when we're having fun, doesn't it? I wow. tell you. And you know, we got we got to thank, take a second, just thank everybody for supporting what we do. Yeah, um, we're we're we a lot of race fans, everybody involved in racing, the drivers. Uh, we wouldn't still be doing this without everybody's support and, and keeping us going. And um, I don't see anything in the end. Zach and I look at each other. <laughs> we can do it again. Yeah, let's do it next year. So we'll keep digging. And I want to say too, on that note, as we get started for our season finale tonight. Uh, I, I speak for both of us, I think, when you come up to us at the racetrack and say, hey, love your show, listen every week. Dude, that's, I mean, that's all the payment that we need right there. That keeps us going for another race night uh, when you guys come up and tell us that. So we, we really do appreciate your support. And we've met so many great people we along have. the way, right? Yeah. Oh, so many. It's it's just awesome. It sounds like we're done, right, the way we're saying this. I know, no, I know. We're, no, we're just, we're, we're our first four years, we're just getting warmed up, Zach. That's right. Hey, uh, speaking of people that we've met, we've had a great connection with Champion Racing Association over about the last three or four years, and uh, that has opened some opportunity for us to get a chance to be a part of some of their key events. And, in fact, uh, you had a chance to go to Georgia. I worked remotely from home, and we ta- a tag team tackled Speed Fest 2023. 
Yeah, that was fun. By the way, thank you very much. I had the time of my life down there. Um, I got I got to interview William Byron, uh, Bubba Pollard, uh, David Reagan. I mean, I just I you don't get to get that close to these guys that often, right? And um, I had a great time working with Adam Mackey and Bill Roth from the Southern Super Series. Uh, these guys were awesome. And thank you for doing some of the remote stuff. That was uh, that saved me some time. Um, I was able to have my first Pepsi of the weekend early on Saturday <laughs> because you had all you had all the uh, computer work done. So I I thank you for that. I owe you one. But uh, yeah, CRA Speed Fest 2023 was on tap this weekend in Cordial, Georgia, for the ASA CRA Super Series. First time we've used that moniker. Very nice job. Uh, you didn't trip over it. Good work. Nope. Smooth right away. And the Jake CRA All Stars Tour. Uh, First up on Saturday was Speed the Speedfest 100 for the Jags Tour, and there wasn't much doubt in this one as Augie Grill took the lead from Katie Hettinger, who really did a nice job, led the first 40 laps after starting from the pole. Uh, but Augie Grill led uh, led the remaining 59 laps, took the lead on lap 41 to to win the Speedfest 100 by over three seconds over Caden Quapel. Uh, it was actually the second consecutive pro late model victory at Watermelon Capital Speedway for the Justin South owned number 43 as the owner driver also took victory lane last March in the Georgia spring nationals. It was grills first win in a late models act. Get this since Montgomery motor speedway in a regular show in March of 2019. Wow. First win in a late model. You, you'd have told me that about Augie grill. I just told you you're a liar. I knew it'd been a while, but I didn't think it had been what that's almost three seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mike, Michael Hind, uh, the defending champion, would complete the podium uh, with Hettinger bringing home her 81 machine to a solid sixth place finish in her first ever appearance at Cordial and her first ever speed fest. Uh, then it was on to the ASA CRA Super Series 150 lap feature event. And this one, Zach, was a classic once again with pitch strategy taking center stage, which is rare in a 150 lap event. It came down to an epic battle between Bubba Pollard and Corey Heim. Pollard would pit on lap 76 from the lead to get his only two tires that they were allowed to take, uh, which would allow him to drive back through the field to the point early with a lot of the field staying out on their tires. Then it was Corey Himes' turn when he pitted on lap 124 with 26 remaining. But due to the amount of cars that were a lap down, Heim would restart seventh with 26 laps to go. Heim would quickly work within three or four laps to second and set his sights on Pollard. Three times in the final 10 laps, cautions would fly to bring Heim to the inside of Pollard, who would take the outside on all three restarts. The two would battle door to door, even making contact with a couple of laps remaining. But Pollard was too strong on the top side and brought home his second Speedfest title in a row and third overall. Early leader Jake Garcia would complete the podium. And Zach, the super late model field's uh, Better watch out. Bubba Pollard is back in a Seneca chassis, which he was in when he was dominating everything just a few years ago. Yeah, and I want to say uh, congratulations to uh, our headmaster-in-chief, right, our president, uh, Scott Menlin. Uh, his first event as the uh, new uh, race director and, and kind of uh, 
uh, head honcho, if you will, of, of Champion Racing Association. Of course, it's an on-points race and kind of with the Southern Super Series and everything, but still getting that first one under his belt. want to say congratulations to him. Also want to say congratulations to Track Enterprises on a great speed fest, Rich. There was not a bad race run all day on Saturday. Maybe if you had to pick one, either the first Bandolero race or the Outlaw Late Model race where the leader just stunk up the show the entire way, but other than that, Bando race number two was the closest race of the day with, uh, you know, 33 one-hundredths of a second at the line for the win. Uh, and then just fantastic racing with the pros and the supers. And it was really, and have you ever seen so many people at Speed Fest? Uh, there was a million race fans at this racetrack. Yeah, I, you know, if somebody would ask me what was your favorite part, they, you know, you'd think, oh, doing the victory lane interviews for the super series or calling the Jags tour race with Alan Mackey. It, I got to give the shout out to the fans at Cordial because I was down uh, doing victory lane for the bandoleros and the legends and those fans, it didn't matter. Those fans really supported those drivers. That was so cool. I think I interviewed the littlest guy I have ever interviewed. <laughs> probably yes. three feet tall. I think you <laughs> did. Uh, oh man. And he was prepared. Like he was Kyle Larson, ready, ready to go. Uh, I had a great time and you know what? The kids loved it too. They all, they all had a great time. Yeah, it was a great show. Good job by you. Good job by Adam. And, uh, of course, uh, Bill Roth, as you mentioned, you guys put on a great show. It was really enjoyable and good job by racing America as well, uh, with a stellar broadcast. Lots of news going on up here. I uh, wanted to say, uh, now more than ever bookmark horsepowerhappenings.com and that news tab we are going off the charts uh here over the last couple of weeks and uh, a lot of things happened over the last week including attica raceway park announcing their 2023 schedule 24 races beginning again rich they're going to try in march we hope the highlights include the world of outlaws for the kistler engines classic That'll be Friday, May 19th, and the Brad Doty Classic on Tuesday, July 11th. The All-Star Circuit of Champions at Attica five times this season, including Friday and Saturday, April 7th and 8th, Friday, June 9th, and finally Friday and Saturday, September 1st and 2nd. As for the Attica Fremont Challenge Series, they'll race nine times for a shot at $4,000 each race. Attica Oakshade Challenge Series will race four times for the Dirt Car UMP Late Models, and weekly late models will now race for an increased $1,500 to win on a weekly basis. Attica hopes to begin, as we mentioned, their season on Friday, March 17th, featuring 410 Sprint Cars, UMP Late Models, and 305 Sprints. We wish them a hell of a lot more luck than what they had last year when I'm pretty sure the entire month of March was a wash. And I don't think they got started until almost mid or end of April. Uh, but put them on the schedule. What's it hurt, right? Yeah. If, if, if you get them in, you get them in. They're extra race dates. But uh, probably going to need a hoodie and a jacket if you're getting down there that early in the season. Yeah, absolutely. Zach, Zach we got the, on this side of the, the border, Kalamazoo Speedway officials have released their 2023 schedule. Uh, and there is one thing I was obviously missing from the weekly divisions portion of the graphic, the Outlaw Super Late Models. While template late model street stocks, outlaw front wheel drives, and zoo stocks remain on the weekly calendar, the outlaw super late models will race just four times this season. Uh, between the four races, however, the outlaws will battle for a total of $30,000 over the four events. Uh, the season opener is April 22nd. Big payouts on the line that night with template late models for 1200 to win street stocks. We'll see an impressive $2,000 prize. Outlaw front wheel drives 500 and zoo stocks 400. Other key dates on the 2023 slate include April 28th, 
uh, the traditional Intimidator 100 uh, for the Outlaws. May 19th, the Midwest Modifieds Tour invades uh, for a $2,500 to win event. July 8th, Kalamazoo Clash 21 Saturday, uh, a Saturday event, $15,000 to win. Uh, June 30th, the National Compact Touring Series comes down for a $3,000 to win event. The Big Rig, Zach, invade the zoo on Saturday, August 5th. And the Midwest Modifieds make their second appearance on August 25th. The season wraps up uh, with championships on September 1st, Night of Destruction on Saturday, September 16th, and then the Super Shoe Nationals uh, September 29th through October 1st. Zach, we see also see a mix of Friday and Saturday shows uh, on the calendar for 2023. Yeah, kind of rare. I found that interesting when I was putting that story together on our website, and uh, you know, I was going to ask you about that. Kalamazoo Speedway traditionally a Friday night racetrack and has been for quite some time now over the last few years. Some of their biggest dates uh, that probably are key on some folks' calendars fall on Saturdays, uh, which I just, you know, I, I like Gary. Uh, they do a great great job there at Kalamazoo. But I wonder, Rich, is there do you start to have concern about when you're putting those big shows on Saturdays, are you starting to step on the toes of some of the traditional Saturday afternoon evening racetracks. No, I, I haven't I haven't done the full investigating of it yet, but I would like to see if those Saturdays that they're running are the Saturdays that Springport is not running. Okay. So if they've done it strategically that way, I could see why, because we've already seen the spring Springport schedule. They're only racing every other week. Right. So that might be how they do it. Like I said, I could be way off here, but I mean, that would only be my first thought because we know Berlin's still running on Saturdays and Galesburg's going to run on Fridays from what I or Are they running on Saturdays? I think Galesburg's I think a Saturday track. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, you don't want to compete too much with that. That's the only thing that, that I would think because there's some template late model guys and, and they run a lot of the same divisions that can go go over there and run. So Absolutely. Uh, that may be an option if you look into that. All right, let's get back onto the dirt, uh, and uh, truth be told, Rich and I are, are working on our show and kind of looking at our other screen here as we're doing this because the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series is in full swing this week. It started Thursday at Golden Isle Speedway in Waynesville, Georgia. Brandon Overton won the season opener, holding off Tim McCready for the win. On night number two, Overton's bid was spoiled by Ricky Thornton Jr., or so it would seem. That was until Kyle Larson rocketed around the outside of the speedway while RTJ stayed complacent on the bottom, and it was Larson who took the lead with two laps to go to steal the win and the $12,000. That Race of the Year nominee was followed by another wild finish to cap the Golden Isle trip on Saturday night. RTJ again looked poised to finally go to victory lane when big, sexy Brandon Overton threw the Hail Mary, grew a set, Put her on the lip. Let her eat tater chip. You name the phrase, Overton did it, and banged the right rear off the cushion, passing RTJ, coming off turn number four, grabbing the win, Rich, by just 56 one-hundredths of a second. Photo finish at the line. The series then moved, uh, by the way, race of the year nominee number like six, and it's January 30th. So keep that in mind. Uh, the series then moved to Bubble Raceway Park in Ocala, Florida on Sunday night where RTJ finally found redemption, leading the final 25 laps of the 40-lap event to collect the win. Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series again in action 
as we speak, Monday night at uh, Bubba Raceway Park. They'll take a couple of nights off before they head for All-Tech Raceway. They have a Thursday practice day, and racing will resume on Friday. And if you're like me, you can catch all the action on flowracing.tv with our good friends Dustin Jarrett, Ben Shelton, and uh, the world-famous James Essex. Zach, I didn't hear a word you said after let her eat tater chip. <laughs> let her rip tater chip. Let her rip tater Where chip. Where did you get that one from? <laughs> I'm telling you, did you see that Brandon Overton move? No, I was flying back from I was flying back from Georgia last night. If you're in the same boat as Rich France and you haven't seen that highlight reel yet, go and find it because it was it was RTJ, it was Overton, and of course I forget who runs third. They were all right along the tractor tires, and it just looked like it was going to be kind of a subpar late model finish. And Overton grew impatient, and he said, to hell with this. I'm putting her on the top side, and we're going to see if we can Kyle Larson this thing uh, to the finish. And he did, man. He uh, textbook style ripped the lip, and coming out of four, it, he was giving her all she had. And, I mean, really, I mean, beat Overton by, what, six inches. It was fantastic racing. Have you ever seen anybody win a race following a leader? No, ex- no exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. What did he have to lose? If, if he finished third, fourth, or fifth, what's it matter? Right. If he goes up there, if he doesn't give it a shot, that's where he's going to finish, right? Yeah. I, it was smartest good. move, probably. It was great. It don't was good me, stuff. Don't tell me it's another race of the year candidate, right? Oh, ab- oh, absolutely it was. Oh, 100% <laughs> hands down. It's only January, and we got eight race of the year candidates That's already. right. That's right. Go and find it. It was good stuff. Okay, time now to get into our first interview of the night. And, uh, you know, as we've talked about it before, it's not just drivers that we talk to on this program. And actually, this one's unique for the probably second time ever in Horsepower Happenings history, but second time this season, we're talking front-wheel drives on Horsepower Happenings. And it's our pleasure now to welcome in Battle Creek, Michigan's Michael Wood. And that's the only time you'll hear us say Michael tonight because he's affectionately known as Woody. Welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. What's going on, gentlemen? First of all, thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely, and and you know what? I got to say, I, I almost have to half apologize because you asked us to talk about this last year, and the scheduling just didn't work out for us to get you on. And uh, you shot me a message this year, and I said, "Damn right, we're going to make this happen." Uh, so, for those who don't know, uh, Woody is a partner with the National Compact Touring Series, which originates right here uh, in our region. And, uh, of course, a great compact touring series. Woody, let's back the train up before we talk about what's coming up. Give us a little history. Give us a little rundown of of National Compact Touring Series and your involvement with the series. First of all, this is our 10th year, if you can believe that. Wow. Drew, Jack, and myself. uh, Drew was actually working for Boris, our other competitor down in Indiana, there was a north and a south division. They separated. Drew asked me to do some work for him. Next thing I know, a few years later, he goes, hey, you're, you're part owner. And it went, <laughs> that's, how, that's how I got it. He goes, we're in an award ceremony. He goes, hey, I want to introduce you to the new part owner of the series. And I'm like, who? They go, you, dude. <clears throat> so that's how I end up with the part ownership. But we're on our 10th year, which is amazing when you talk about traveling series, tracks, and even promoters. Yeah, absolutely it is. So now, Compacts, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this before with other people. Uh, you know, I, I think Compacts still kind of get the, the uh, 
uh, short stick, I guess, if you will. Yep. But Rich and I, Rich, Rich, Rich and I have talked about this in the past with races that we've done with CRA, Midwest Modifieds Tour, things of that nature. When you get a good touring series that comes in, National Compact Touring Series uh, is obviously one of those. It's a different level of racing. It's competitive. Uh, it is, you know, let's be honest, there's plenty of money involved in what these competitors are doing. And and really, it's it's a darn good show. It is. You hit it right on the nail. These are not, these are compacts, but these are not your knock out the window, grab your mom's car, and take it to the racetrack and paint a number on it. I was talking to a few drivers. Our drivers, you know, 180 to 200 to the rear tires. For wow. Horsepower. Wow. That's amazing. Um, the speeds that our drivers will hit can outrace most, and I'm, I'm probably going to make some people mad here, can outrace some street stocks. The speeds are that good. Um, we did, I don't anybody's familiar with the track down there. It, just, it was the old DeSoto Speedway. Uh, Cletus McFarland holds the record since he only had one race down there and one qualifier at a 16.9 at that track. So it's com- we can get along. We can get around a track pretty fast. Yeah. Do you have anything to compare that to? Like anything like uh, anything else that runs there that uh, is comparable to well, kind of put that in perspective? At Freedom Factory, no. Um, when we go to like some of the tracks around Kalamazoo, uh, Wasso, Springport, like I say, we're a lot of our guys could qualify for a street stock race if the rules were just going by speed. That's how much that's how fast we can go. And when you what? talk about numbers, the numbers are what these guys can spend on their cars is crazy. Woody, I mean, talk to me about our, it wasn't that long ago, like you said, 10 years. Um, I remember going to the racetracks and that was, you know, the, the, I guess, call them compacts were, were like a filler division, uh, entry level people <laughs> the first time ever in a race car, um, like a, like a step up from go-karts. How do you go from that to this level of racing? Well, there's still that group of people that, like that front wheel drive feeling, but also don't have at the time didn't have the budget for a street stock. Now, of course, our cars are about the cost of a street stock or more, but we created the outlaw class. So now you've got the faster front wheel drives because these guys start doing stuff to the front wheel drive. So we had to separate the front wheel drives from the regular, as we call around here, the zoo stock, the port stock, the burp stock. Those are pretty much knock the windows out, do a few things. Our cars can have all kinds of stuff put on them. I want to ask you, uh, kind of backing up a little bit, you mentioned that becoming a partner in this series was was a surprise to you. Uh, for those who don't know, Woody, I, I think your claim to fame probably is your photography side of things. How's that been over the last, you know, eight, nine, ten years uh, to, to have, you know, I, I mean, let's call it what it is. This is a lot of responsibility for you uh, with marketing partners, racetracks, drivers, uh, you know, all the things that go with running a series. How has that transition been for you uh, now, 10 years later, kind of looking back at this and going, man, we've, you know, a lot of folks do- aren't fortunate to make it, you know, four or five years running a series, mm-hmm. starting something new. And uh, for you guys to be kicking off your 10th season this year is really special. You know, first of all, we won't be able to do it without the marketing partners we have. We'll talk about that in a bit. But you're right. I started out as a track photographer. And actually, I was before that, I was doing stuff with NASCAR because, well, to tell you the truth, I was a good photographer, but I wanted to get into the races for free. That's what got me into going, <laughs> it's true, dude. I am not lying. I, th- I didn't want to pay to get into NASCAR, so 
I think that's why Rich is. I think that's why Rich is still employed with Horsepower Happenings is because he likes getting into the races for free. <laughs> and, and I just kind of, you know, I got asked for years to come over and run track photography, and finally, I did it, and I did it big. I know my third year doing track photography, I had two teams working for me, and we had five racetracks we were covering weekly. <clears throat> so when you say transition, you know, from the teams we had, I've always had two a minimum of two tracks at a time, and then doing this. The pressure got too much, so I had to stop doing the weekly stuff, and now it's just this. But I know about five years ago, someone had asked me to be a promoter for their racetrack, <clears throat> and I told them I'm not ready for it, and they said, dude, you're already doing it. You're doing it with the compacts. You just got a little bit more to do. And I said, no, but they're right. You know, I didn't ask for this position. It's this thing fall into place. You know, yes, I did the photography. Then I started doing the graphic design, which fell into the marketing side. That's where Drew came in and goes, I need you to do photography, graphic design, marketing. That's how I got joined up with him. And then they just kind of, every year, more stuff comes on to learn about promoting. Woody, and I think that, you know, you're kind of right. That this is kind of growing in popularity. You know, you, you know, in Indiana, you, based anyway, you got the Vors Welding Compact Touring Series. Do you guys kind of work together to make sure you're not scheduling on top of each other because or are there enough of the cars that you guys are are fielding for both touring series we try to uh, make sure that we don't overlap you know there are instances where a big race will show up on our big race and to tell you the truth that's how we got to these big number races um back when we first started it was a hundred dollars to win this race here was two thousand dollars to win and last week, we had a sponsor named RevX Products stepped up and put a little challenge out there. There's a few things you got to do to qualify for it. But if you do what they tell you to do and you win the feature, there's a $5,000 bonus. Wow. So the, the winning driver can walk away with $7,000 for a compact race. All right, what, what do I need to do? I'm writing down now. What do I got to do? I can be in Florida. <laughs> first, first thing you got to do, Rich Francis, find a race car, my friend. I know I just got back from Georgia, but I can make the round trip. I can be there by Friday. That's what it is. You know, you get down there with your with your front-wheel drive. We do have – now, one of the things that's cool about this event is it's not just the National Compact Touring Series presented by Rev X. It is the North Carolina Mini Stocks, too. So we actually have some rear-wheel drive cars racing with – four-cylinder engines in them yeah. they're as fast as we are um but they're allowed to race with us <clears throat> so if you have a car that fits the template of their or ours bring your car on down and then once you're down there you got to purchase the RevX racing oil additive which is first of all going to give you the winning advantage because it does so much for you when it comes to <clears throat> friction reducers heat reducers there's so much more you take a video of you putting that product into your, your race car at the track. You post it to your social media site and tag RevX. Put a sticker on each side of the car, the nine-inch sticker, nothing huge. That's it. You win the race, 
$5,000 bonus. Wow, man, oh man. All right, so uh, we've started dabbling into the details a little bit, so let's uh, let's call, let's get to it now officially. Uh, Freedom Factory, February 3rd through the 4th. That's this coming weekend uh, with the National <coughs> Compact Touring Series presented by RevX Oil. As you mentioned, the Carolina Mini Stock Challenge Series. It's the Freedom Factory Winter Warm-Up, uh, and this is – well, how many seasons are you now – uh, for the National Compact Touring Series being involved with this event down at the Freedom Factory? Last year was our inaugural event. That's what I and thought. You, you know, yep. So this is our second one back. Uh, last year was, this is something that Drew Jack, my business, the other owner, he's got big ambitions. We've been to Charlotte, we've been to a couple big racetracks. And he's always going, what can we go to next? And about two years before we went there last year, he goes, hey, you know Cletus McFarland? I'm like, no, I don't. He goes, find somebody that knows him. I want to race that. Well, at that time, if you ever did the research on Cleus McFarland, he bought DeSoto Speedway. It was closed down for years. He bought DeSoto Speedway so he can do his YouTube videos, do some drifting, and have a few drifting events. Never in his life did he want to run a circle track race. We spent two years contacting them, getting told no, getting told no. Drew is very persistent. <laughs> we contacted him one day, and the guy goes, you know what? Let's sit down and talk. And then <clears throat> we got that race. Now and they, they were very happy with what we did. Now, this has resulted in some additional – do they not do more circle track? I was kind of – I was, you know, preparing, preparing for the interview. Uh, and if you go to CletusMcFarland.com, he has some other circle track events now listed on his personal website that they're involved with. So did you break down the, the National Compact Touring Series, break down the circle track walls for Cletus McFarland, one of the most well-known motorsports YouTubers in the country? Yes, we did. Now, of course, Cletus has his event, the Danger Ranger. He's got the Crown Vix and stuff like that. But when you talk about a sanctioned race like ours, yes, there is a series that come in. They were in... I want to say three weeks ago. They're the only two promoters they allow in the racetrack right now. Wow. And, but it did open up the eyes and say, okay, let's look at this. But, yes, we broke the barrier to allow more things. Now, of course, they're getting calls left and right. We want to come. We want to come. But right now, there are two, two promoters, about two series in. Now, we have added, it's not just our race. We're going to have Crown Vicks. We're going to have the Mini Mods. The Mini Mods are Kind of like a, like our cars are a tube chassis. They're much faster. And then we're going to have um, like their street stock division there. So we're going to actually have four events before races there next weekend. And the other thing too that I want to mention, and, and Woody, I might be putting you on the spot, but I don't think so, um, is that this racetrack is under fire right now. About a month ago, it really was in the limelight uh, about how you know the surrounding area really wants to turn this racetrack into a developmental property. So this is big not only for National Compact Touring Series. This is big not only for, for Michael Wood and, and for, you know, RevX and National Compact Touring Series. But having these successful events, bringing in revenue to this area, to this part of Florida, it's big for Cletus McFarland and it's big for auto racing right now to try to keep another place open. I mean, we've all been in racing long enough. We've heard about the horror stories of racetracks having to close because people moved in. Communities moved in after the racetracks opened to playing about sound, trying to get them shut down. We've got that story every year. There's seven or eight tracks that have that problem. Yes, Cletus is battling that issue right now. Now, I know, and I didn't read the article because I was busy today at work, but an article came out where the Cletus and 
the land promoter, I guess it is, is going to sit down with talks trying to talk this out. But they're wanting to put, I want to say, 4,500 homes yeah. wrapped I, around the racetrack. I think that's right, yeah. Yep. And, so, and the weirdest the weirdest thing I did in doing doing my research, and, and I thought it was cool, if you were looking for a racetrack – you know, in, in, in Southwest Florida, Freedom Factory isn't a name that you think would attract you to a raceway. It, it doesn't even sound like it is a racetrack. You know that, Woody? Yeah, well, you got to realize, Cletus is not, at the time, he's becoming one now. If you look at what he's done for us the last year, Cletus was not, he's a YouTuber. They didn't buy it to build races. That was not the purpose. <laughs> They, so they built these it guys for, were not circle track guys. They built it for content, and then these two front-wheel drive guys kept knocking on their door, oh. and he finally said, fine, come on down and play. <laughs> you know, Cletus, when he jumped into he first of all, Cletus is one heck of a driver. He's been driving everything this year since he jumped. He jumped into our compact, and he was blown away by how fast. He says he's never went that fast at that track at that time. Wow. Now, since then, he's been in a dirt mod at Bristol. He was in... I don't know how many he did. I know at least one or two, at least two. But the Robbie Gordon off-road series, he was in that. He almost won one. That if you want to go to YouTube and watch that, it's crazy what he did at the end. Um, <clears throat> Cletus runs his drag car. He runs thrift cars. He runs. Cletus is a wheelman. But they did not buy that track. They bought it, like you said, for content. And that's one of the cool things is since our race was there, they've redid all the lighting. And as a photographer... They did the lighting for content, so I'm very happy and very excited for heading down there. After this, when you guys come back up here, obviously it's going to be a little bit. Um, but what what does your schedule look like uh, for 2023? Uh, How many races are you guys looking at? Well, we have two series. We have the National Compact Touring Series presented by RevX, which is our asphalt series. Then we have the Midwest Dirt Series, which runs on dirt. We have, I think right now, about 13 races scheduled per series. But I want to say it was last week or a week before a special announcement came out for our dirt series. The guys down at Freedom Factory are so impressed with us. They invited our dirt series to go race Bristol with them. We're going to Bristol April 22nd. Wow. How now? How awesome is that? I mean, uh, you know, obviously you talk about all the the work that you guys have put in and, and how. You want to find, you know, what's the next track? Where can we go? We want to go here. We want to go there. We want to add, you know, grow and things of that nature. Um, but this Bristol Dirt attracts a lot of people. Uh, it's a once-a-year thing. So that's huge. I mean, for national for uh, Midwest Dirt, that's big. It's huge. And, you know, what's cool about this, first of all, it's a lot easier on Drew and my our jobs because something like the race we're doing now, we've got to get cars. We've got to get, we've got to get the people to stand. Well, the race at Bristol is an invitational race, and we're only allowed 40 drivers. So we don't have to sit there and try to get them down there. The problem we have is everybody wants to race it. Yeah. But we have 40 drivers. Yeah. And it's really cool because we announced it. We announced who the first batch was and kind of going through that. No one's asked us what the purse is yet. We don't even know what the purse is. <laughs> but no one's asked that because they want to go to Bristol and race on the dirt. I want to go. Uh, sometimes Rich and I get a little out of sync. I want to back up for for just one one more second here and and go back and talk Freedom Factory. Obviously, coming up this weekend, I don't know that anybody in our neck of the woods is going to have a major change of plans and all of a sudden decide to go down to Southwest Florida. But 
you never know who these things are going to reach. So talk to me about National Compact uh, uh, Touring Series because, as you mentioned, it's not knock the windows out, throw four, four roll bar cage in, and go and race. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your cars, You know what it takes to race with a National Compact Touring Series. Obviously, I'm not looking for a rule book breakdown, uh, but you know, kind of the guy who's got maybe has a car sitting in his garage and wonders, you know, would I be eligible to run with these guys at some point? Well, first of all, you're in the area with Boars. If you're qualified with Boars, you're qualified with us. Perfect. We run pretty much the same cars they do there. You know, of course, the big things with the speeds we get in the size tracks, you know, containment seats, fuel cells, you know, all that stuff like that. But, our, you know, first of all, the rules for this race are a slight bit different than we run for the, for the rest of the year because of the two series combined together. But pretty much your area has Boars. You're qualified. And a lot of guys from Boris will come up and race with us. And some of our guys will go down and race with them, which is really cool. So, yeah, if any of the Boris guys want to go down and try to run for the $7,000 to win, come on down. Race in until Friday or so Saturday. Great practice and everything's on Sunday. Come on down. Now, for those that can't make it down but are excited about it, <clears throat> you can watch this event. If you go to cletusmcfarland.com or put in Cleeter Vision, it will be on his pay-per-view. He offers a package where you can watch all of their events that Cletus puts on, including the Bristol race, including all their Danger Rangers, including everything they do for $99 for the year. <clears throat> or you can watch our single event for $4.99, and we highly recommend one of those two. And I might recommend turning the safe search on before you search Cleeterville. Uh, just in case, <laughs> just, just in case you grab a wrong key uh, while you're in your search bar, Rich France. I know you got more. No, I was. I, you know, I'm 30 years older than Zach, so my my mind works a whole lot slower. I want to go back. 40 cars you get to take to Bristol. Um, is this going to be like they tell me at the local pub, first come, first serve, or how are you no. guys going to how are you guys are going to distinguish this? Because I'm sure there's got to be some guys that uh, probably aren't going to be happy. They're not going to go. Yes, and you're correct. There are people that are not happy that they weren't invited on the first round. What this is, is an all-star race for the National Compact. We're inviting some of our asphalt guys, because you can turn you can turn an asphalt car into a dirt car real fast. For sure. So we're invited our asphalt guys and our, our Midwest dirt guys, the guys that's helped us out. Then we went off and talked to some of our past champions that may be racing, not racing with us currently, but helped us start to get where we're at. We've asked a couple of the guys that's been running with us. Uh, there's a couple of guys from Boris we asked to come and run with us if they wanted to. And then the guys that's really helped out, the teams that's really showed us that they are there to support our series and what we do. Now, of course, after all that batch goes through, we go through to see who has run with us. We're not going to get that guy that's never ran with us or ran one race because it's at his local racetrack or the guy that bashes us or talks bad about us. We're not, we ought to show someone that, really cares about what we're doing it's an all-star race for these two series all right let's uh end the discussion about the big travel races rich already asked you about your upcoming calendar for this year uh over 40 cars last year at the freedom factory as you look ahead to the third and fourth uh woody what do you guys consider i mean are you looking for growth are you looking to get that amount of cars again do you have any sort of entry list where you kind of have an idea what you're expecting this weekend yeah, first of all, if you want to see what's going on, you can go to the FOAT, which is the T-H-E-F-O-A-T dot com. 
that's where you can purchase your tickets and stuff like that. But there's also a list of pre-registered drivers. Now, we do have the four classes, and we have currently, I want to say, 110, 111 registered drivers. Now, there will be a few guys that come on down without registering, and of course, the guys that hear about this show and go, $7,000, my car is legal, I'm heading down tomorrow. Yeah. So, we're going to pick up a few. Currently, from what I understand, we have 50 to 51 drivers that's going to race in the sport compact race. Wow. That's good growth. Now, that's good growth from is. last year. You know, of course, we got Cletus, who's going to be racing in the, the same car he was last year. <clears throat> we did have Carson Hosevar. He's been bugging me, because I've known Carson for years, to come and race in our series. And he really wanted to come to this race. And he was actually booked until last weekend. And then his sponsor told him that they really wanted him in L.A. So he had to back out. But we are trying to fill his shoes. We got our feelers out. We got a name we're working on. We just got to get everything finalized. So we're going to fill that spot. But Carson will not be with us next weekend. You know who comes to mind instantly, Rich France, is a guy who I've seen wheel everything from uh, dirt modifieds to school buses at Toledo Speedway. Yeah. I, did, you, did you get a hold of Ken Schrader yet? I, I don't think he's I ever have, busy. <laughs> um, I talked to Ken, and he's busy. I talked to oh. Joe Dimacek. He's busy. I did not get a hold of Kenny Wallace yet. Some of those guys like that have already been in our cars. Yeah. Kenny Wallace, Joe Nemechek, um, we had Rich Bickle, uh, <clears throat> Ken Schrader. They've all raced in our cars. And so they're welcome to come back. But they're all busy. With the clash going on, the same weekend kind of hurt us. Yeah. You know what you I know, think? No, I'm, I'm just going to say, Woody, if you get too far down the list, the Zach Heiser, I bet, could make himself available <laughs> to come on down there and, and wedge wedge that wide body into one of them tiny compacts. Get the jaws of life and I've, the paramedics ready. I've offered for it, but they told me it's not a it's, it's not a clown car. Yeah. It's not a demo derby, so I don't qualify. Well, and so the probably the same rules apply because I was going to tell you, Woody. It sounds like the world famous uh, Gary Howe is going to have to make the trip down there. He, we would like, love to put Gary in. Um, you know, last time Gary was in the car, was a, we had a uh, enduro up there at Kalamazoo for Thanksgiving race, and I don't know if you guys saw the results on that. Uh, Gary had a head-on collision that pretty that rocked him pretty hard. Yeah. Um, he's willing to get back in the car, but he's going to think twice about a enduro. And it wasn't me. <laughs> I, I was out. I was already. I was in that race, and I was out for about ten laps when Gary crashed. So. Can't blame me on that one. That's right. Hey, Woody, we got to wrap things up with you, man. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say thanks for being willing to come on the show. Um, and, you know, so, like you mentioned, right, a, an opportunity for a $5,000 bonus for this race, which means a total of a potential $7,000 to win with the National Compact Touring Series prevented by RevX. Uh, somebody wants more of those details, more information on what's going on this weekend. You guys are very active on social media. You guys do a nice job with that. So tell folks where they can go to get all those details. Well, you can contact us directly through our Facebook page, You know, National Compact Touring Series presented by RevX. If you want to know more about the rules, some of the times that stuff's going on, you can go to the folks. Dot com. That's T-H-E-F-O-A-T dot com. Those are all the rules are on there for this event. You can buy tickets there. If you want to watch the race, like I said, look up Cleeter Vision or go to CleetusMcFarland.com. Um, or just send us, some, I can say, send me a message. Um, I'm willing to answer as much as I can. I don't know everything. That's why we have people that know it. If it's a technical question about how to build a car, 
That ain't me. I know how to crash it. That's why I don't get behind a car unless it's a demo derby. I take pictures, draw pictures, and talk about cars. Woody, man, it's uh, been a pleasure to talk compacts with you tonight. Uh, you know, something that we're, uh, you know, admittedly are kind of snubs about, but this is a big deal. <clears throat> this is a big race. You guys do a really nice job. We're very professional with everything. So we're honored to get a chance to talk about it. I want to say uh, to you and, and your team, good luck this weekend, safe travels, hoping that everything goes smoothly, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, you guys getting back home and, and kicking off the 2023 season uh, back up here. I want to appreciate first going on the show. Like I said, I've been trying to get on it for a while there. And like I said earlier, you can't do it without sponsors. Of course, RevX Products has been part of our primary sponsorship for like the last five or six years. Uh, it's high-performance. We build high performance there. Lane Automotive has been with us for three or four years now. Um, we've also jumped on board with USSpeedo.com. Speedometers, they're a prime, one of the big sponsors this year. The International Women's Motorsports Association has been a huge supporter of ours from pretty much day one. We've worked with them trying to start that up with it. Um, and then there's just so many more sponsors that I don't have my list. I'm driving right now, so I don't have my list with us about everybody. But I can't do it without all those people. All right, that's Michael Woody Wood, uh, one of the per, uh, one of the partners with the National Compact Touring Series, getting ready for the big weekend uh, down at Freedom Factory in Southwest Florida. Woody, man, thank you so much. Have safe travels, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Have fun. Hey, I want to say thanks to Woody. Uh, great stuff there. Again, we don't talk compacts hardly at all on this show, and and we'll tell you that to your face, no lies. Um, but. This is a huge this is a huge deal. Great for the National Compact Touring Series. Great representation for the Midwest in r racing in general uh, for these guys to go down there and kind of represent us. And where else do you have a shot at $7,000 to race a compact? Uh, so that's a big deal. Hello, Chad Freeman. Where are you? Yeah, Get exactly. <laughs> you might want to go down to Florida this weekend. Yeah, our only other time that we've talked about compacts on this show. That's right, with Chad Freeman. Hey, as we mentioned at the start of the show, this is the season finale tonight for season number four. Uh, we've got great things in the works for season number five. And uh, I just want to invite you to stick around. As we mentioned, bookmark horsepowerhappenings.com. Find us, follow us, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And if you're like, man, every week i got to go to your website or SoundCloud, eh, you don't necessarily have to. Uh, you could use Spotify. You could use your iTunes. You could use Stitcher. Anywhere that you find your podcast, you can find Horsepower Happenings. And uh, I, I want to invite you to stick around for Season 5. As we mentioned, great things on the horizon. And follow Horsepower Happenings as a whole because we have some really fun things, uh, really cool things that we're working on and, and really kind of turning up the wick on our coverage at horsepowerhappenings.com. So I'd uh, love, to, love to bring you into Season 5, and if you're listening for the first time, welcome, and, and we're glad to have you. I think it's, I think it's awesome that uh, you know we're, we're going into our fourth season together, and every year they just keep asking us back. <laughs> I know. I, I've, I've been trying for, for, for four years to get fired, and it just hasn't happened yet. So... <laughs> What else we got to do on Mondays between besides sit with each other, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, Zach, finally we get to wait, get away from uh, compact cars and get back on the dirt that everybody likes. Chad Finley will be happy about that. And we, I first came across this gentleman in the ethanol tours when I was working for them. Had a big announcement this week. Uh, kind of caught me by surprise. I didn't think he was old enough to, 
to decide to hang up the helmet. But uh, we can find out more about it. Makes his home in Coleman, Michigan. Kurt and Ro- Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Man, tell me, because like I said, uh, my first experience with dirt racing was with the ethanol tours. Um, let's kind of go back and tell me, I mean, obviously you've been doing this a long time and have been very successful at it. What made you want to get in, get involved in dirt racing? Well, the reason I started was from my dad. My dad had raced for forever, and um, I basically took over his car when he stepped aside. Um, that was in 1986, and uh, been racing ever since. So, so where, where, when you when you first started racing, was that in a late model right away, or did you guys work through street stocks or modifieds or whatever was going on back then? No, it was in a late model. First, first racing laps I ever took were was in a dirt late model. Now I watch you guys all the time. How hard was that when when you first got? I mean, that had to take you a while to get a hand of, unless it's just me. But I mean, I, I see a lot of guys that you know move up from from modifieds or street stocks or or sportsmen, and it takes them a little bit to figure these things out. Well. I never had any driving experience, so I I had no idea what to expect or even what to do. But, you know, I did struggle there for, for a little bit, um, and I didn't even realize what was going on, but I, I couldn't hardly even make it through a heat race, and I was wore out. Well, come to realize what happened is I, I literally got in the same car my dad was running. Well, my dad was – I was – 16 years old 17 years old he was a little bit bigger than me at that time <laughs> and so i got in the seat and i'm just hanging on for dear life the seat belts weren't hardly doing anything and i'm flopping oh, no. around in the seat so that explained took us a couple weeks to figure that out we got that figured out and you know got me comfortable in the car and that helped out a great deal and you know it was it was a learning experience but you know, I was able to win a feature the first year. So wow! I, uh, so that was going to be my question: is when did you finally feel like you were acclimated with auto racing and and the late model and kind of had it all figured out? Feature win in the first year. It tells me you picked it up pretty darn quick. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, had multiple fast qualifying times my first year, so. It was it was a good first year. Now, where were you guys racing at the time? Um, it was all in Michigan. We did travel around quite a bit, but mainly the first year was at Maris Speedway. Okay, where what, what take us back uh, to the late eighties, early nineties? What sort of tracks would you have been uh, running on a regular basis there? Um, Mount Pleasant, uh, Merritt. Um, we did venture over to the west side of the state, Thunderbird. Um, I believe the first year, I'm pretty sure I went to I-96 later in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I hit a few, few different Michigan tracks. Now, at some point, uh, in this, uh, you know, it kind of goes from, okay, Curtis Roberts, the guy who took over the program for his dad to Curtis Roberts, the established late model driver, right? The, the, the guy who, 
unloads at the racetrack and is going to be one to beat. Was there a time, was there a moment in your career where you kind of felt that switch where it's like, okay, this is this is my program now, this is what we're doing, and I've really got this thing figured out. We're, we're going to be, you know, competing for wins on a really regular basis. Well, I don't know if I really, I don't know if you ever really get it figured out. It's, it's <laughs> constantly changing. Yeah. So, but, yeah, if that, you know, it probably five, six years down the road, um, you know, where you really get a handle on things, the different tracks and different conditions and stuff like that. You know, it wasn't all immediately. Now, and this was this was also back when, you know, you look at, and I was going to ask you this a little bit later on, and I still might. This is back when late models were still, uh, how do I want to say, kind of glued to the racetrack. There wasn't a lot of, well, and again, this is before my time, so maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but it didn't seem as though there was so much to do with chassis movement and, and aerodynamics and things of that nature uh, in this division at that time. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, they were definitely straighter and flatter for sure. Um, they've come a long way, I'll tell you that. Evolution's taken them in a totally different direction than when I started, that's for sure. And that's what I wanted to follow up on. I mean, Zach led me right into it. The technology today, Curtis, is just, I mean, it's 36, 37 years later, about the only thing similar is both cars still have four tires. That's about it. Uh, that, would, would you say that's a fair assessment? That, that is absolutely right. There is nothing the same. Um, you know, it's, it's just, like I said earlier, it's a constant learning curve. You're, they're constantly changing, changing mid season, even, uh, you know, what, what you're doing to, to change the handling on, a, on them. And, um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely challenging. I was talking to uh, uh, Chris, who helped us get this interview set up, and I said, yeah. uh, I said, Chris, tell me some things about Curtis. Give me some stories or, or some moments that we absolutely Uh-oh. have to talk about. And, and no, Curtis, he said, you know, over the course of almost 40 years, there's a lot of things. Uh, and he, he, kind of, he kind of, he didn't say this exactly, but it was alluded to that, there's probably more stories that he's forgotten uh, than what he will remember uh, over the course of that time. Uh, and so I guess I kind of ask you that. When you look back at your career going into this final year, uh, what are some moments that stand out to you? And I have a couple that I want to ask you about, but I want to ask you first. What are some of the key things when you look back at your career that stand out as moments uh, that you're really proud of what you've accomplished? Oh, as far as on the racetrack? Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, I I guess nothing. I guess probably the World of Outlaw win down at I-96. Yeah. Um, probably nothing any bigger than that. that um, that, that was a good win for me. 2014, that was one that, uh, that Chris mentioned, uh, World of yeah. Outlaws win. And uh, I was going to ask you about that because we kind of saw something similar happen in recent history where the dirt car summer nationals held tour comes to Michigan and the Michigan boys struggle. Right. And, and finally Dona breaks through at tri city and breaks a, a long, long uh, drought of Michigan drivers being able to, to knock off the big boys. Take me back to 2014. That's about nine years ago at this point. Um, World of outlaws win against the big dogs at I 96 
This would have been on the old half mile at this point. Is that right? Um, no, that wasn't. That was on the, the new design. Was it still on the three-eighths mile? Yeah. Okay. So take yeah. me back to that night, what you remember, and, and kind of the feelings and and uh, what it took to really, you know, defend that home turf. Well, we had a super good car that night. Everything just came together for us. Um, uh, Daryl Lanigan, he was super hot right in that time frame. He he had won I don't know how many in a row up to that night. And, you know, all the stars lined up. It was just our night to, to win. Um, started up front and was able to maintain it yeah um shane clanton he uh he, he had a lead on me and he ended up having a flat tire and that i inherited the lead from him um and was able to hold off and again he was right there all the time but um uh, we were able to hold him off and get the win man you're right when it when it's your night it's your night right i mean that's you can't yeah. you can't beat that at all wow that's pretty cool yeah and that's the way it is, you know. You you got good nights and bad nights, and you just got to take them as they come. I got a couple other uh, notes here from Chris, and we got a listener question as well but uh, that we'll get back to. But I know, Rich, you've got some stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious. I know, Curtis, these days, I don't know if you notice, everybody, I mean, you can talk to any of these guys um, any point during the season. They can tell you how many wins they got, how many they – I mean, they just track them, track them, and you better get it right or they'll be offended. I'm just curious, and I, I don't hold – I don't know. I'm not holding you to a number. But over 36 years, how many feature wins do you think you have? I, you know, that's one thing that I was very, very poor at is keeping stats. Um, you know, looking back, obviously I wish I had done a better job of it, but I don't know. For what it's Maybe worth, some, for what it's worth Chris guessed that it's got to be at least 100. That's what I was going to – the number that I was going to throw at you, yeah. That's a good – I mean, that's a solid – 100 that, wins? I think that's a solid number. I don't care. Any any kind of racing that you're doing, if you have 100 feature wins, you are probably one of the best that ever sat in a race car in our state. I'll tell you that. Well, that's a pretty, pretty strong statement. Um, there's been a lot of good drivers in the state of Michigan. I don't. I don't know if I don't know if that if there's that many of them that won a hundred races. Well, you're right, but I appreciate there's a, there's a lot of good drivers that come out of the state. I appreciate the uh, humility, uh, but uh, I'll I'll go ahead and back that up. Uh, you've had a really great career. <laughs> uh, a couple other notes from Chris. Uh, I asked him. I said notable things to talk about, and this one is gonna. I'm gonna bring it up. So brace yourself. It's gonna hurt. Uh, 2010 American uh, Late Model Series Championship, Kankakee. Yeah. Talk to me about how close you were to winning that championship and what went wrong. Well, I know it was just a matter of a couple points. And, man, we just – I think it was a two-day show. I don't remember exactly. But um, we we just struggled. Yeah. Um, couldn't seem to get anything – going our direction all weekend um i i don't even remember where we finished it was back far enough that we didn't didn't make the show or didn't didn't win the championship 
Brian Ruhlman ended up winning it. And I think that the difference was less than five points. So. Yeah. Talk about, I mean, how deflating, even to this day, I, I imagine, when you have to talk about it, probably still stings the skin a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I it, it does. I've never won a championship, a track championship or nothing. Um, and I never run for one. We, we were always jumping around, going here and going there and never stayed stable. That was really the only championship that I ever really said I was going to go for. So, you know, it was, it was what it is. Yeah. But that's, that's the way it ended up. Do you regret that at all? I mean, having not, uh, you know, and obviously you've got one more year left and you've been running pretty consistently here in the state of Michigan. But I mean, is that you looking back? Do you regret having not committed to try to put at least a one championship under your belt aside from uh, the American late model series and coming up short? I suppose, you know, it's nothing that I'm going to sit and dwell on and say, Oh, I wish I would have, um, you know, it, I, I'm sure that I probably could have, if I would have put my mind to it. Oh, absolutely. Um, but you know, I guess I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, whether <laughs> I did or didn't. Curtis, I, I, don't, I don't know how, how much of a sentimental guy you are. I'm, I'm guessing you're just kind of a go with the flow. Um, but are, are you going to really enjoy this year and kind of take it all in and maybe get back to the tracks and, and kind of let everybody who, you know, some of the locals at the regular tracks uh, get to watch your race one more time? Yeah, absolutely. When when we decided this was going to be my last year, we kind of nicknamed it the farewell tour. And that's kind of what we've got planned is I'm going to hit uh, all the all the Michigan tracks for sure um, and just go around and, and, yeah, absolutely enjoy it. Talk with the, the other drivers and the – the fans in the grandstands and and take it all in i gotta go back to this list of of uh notes here uh and one of the other things was not your time as a driver but was a brief moment as a car owner for uh the prelude to the dream talk to me talk to me what year was this and uh how did this come together for you um what year was it maybe like 14 okay probably somewhere in there 14 maybe 15 um actually it was just knowing people um ray evernham was the one that would that drove my car um and he he knew we knew we both knew mutual people and so they kind of put us all together um but it, that, that was a very very fun deal uh, glad that it happened. Um, he he is a super swell guy. That's what I was going to say too. Is is uh, through the SRX racing experience, I've had a chance to work loosely with Ray Evernham, and the thing that I picked up on him is he knows what he wants, and he makes sure that he gets what he wants. What? How was that to work with him? I mean, did you have much involvement with him on the driver aspect, or was it because it was the prelude, kind of a loose? fun you know experience i gotta imagine he was still competitive though wanted to go out there and win yeah he wanted to be competitive um but it was basically that night you know it he showed up at whatever five o'clock and he's racing at six thirty. so <laughs> you know there wasn't um you know we kind of roughly got him fitted but it was it was kind of a loose night um it, you know he wanted to do it 
I think honestly, the biggest thing that he wanted to do was beat Steve Kinzer. Okay. And 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 he did. He oh. finished in front of him. So <laughs> that that just made his whole night that's, right there. That, and that's so that means uh, you are a successful car owner and a successful race car driver. So hey, congratulations. There you go. <laughs> yep. Last thing from Chris, uh, we'll get back to Rich, and then I have one listener question I want to pass along. To oh yeah, you. I got it. I, I, I was just looking up. We we put a post up today, um, Curtis, and we wanted the fans to ask some questions that they wanted to know about you. And 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 one of our fans, Brendan, says wants to know what is your favorite racetracks outside of the state of Michigan. Well, there's a there's a lot of nice racetracks and a lot of racetracks that are. They're fun to, to run at, um, probably more than I can even imagine. But, um, you know, Eldora is always fun track to go to. I guess I would have to say Eldora. If I have to isolate one, that, that would probably be it. And you've got some starts in some darn big races uh, and at least some attempts at some of the big races there. Uh, and that was the last thing I wanted to talk to you about that I had a note from was the the 33 – cars three wide at Eldora and then your experience in that race may be one of the most impressive performances uh maybe of your career I don't know World of Outlaws is a big deal uh but coming from the tail and working your way through the field recap that race for us yeah that was that was something else um we we got tangled. No, I didn't either get tangled up in the heat race. We, we qualified pretty decent. I think I started fourth or something and I was going for the lead in the heat race and I jumped the cushion and I absolutely destroyed the front end of the car, the bumper and stuff. Yeah. Well, I was able to finish. I managed to finish. I, I didn't win it, but I was in a transfer spot. So we made it through in the heat race so we come in and we're thrashing on the front end, trying to get it all put back together, which we did. And uh, so we're looking for the lineup and we're like, oh my God, the very worst spot you could start in that thing, right dead center. I was right in the middle, three wide, as many deep as they, what, 33 cars 33. I think they started. Yeah. And I, I was right in the center. So I'm that- like, I'm just going to go out there and make a couple laps and, and get our start money and, and pull off. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a good idea. Probably be a good idea. So that's when I'm going out there, that's what I had in mind. So I, they give the green and I'm like, just stay steady and don't do anything. And, and I ended up dropping back. I don't know a long ways because I, I plan on pulling off anyways. Well, we started going and I'm like, geez, this car is good. Well, at that point, you can't you can't pull off, and I didn't. I was able to come up and get second in that race, thirty three laps. Wow, what yeah, what changed was, your what changed your mind? I mean, did the car just fire off so well that you? Yeah, after after I we went whatever two three five laps, you know, and the car was it was just stuck right to the bottom of the racetrack, and I'm like man, I can't believe how good this car is, and I'm passing cars after I start getting going and get a rhythm and stuff and things get straightened out and cleaned out and uh so i just kept hammering away and next thing i know 
they're throwing the checkered and I'm sucking. (laughs) We see this uh, at Crystal's Great Lakes Nationals where they start the street stocks three wide. And that is nerve wracking enough uh, because Crystal's not exactly a wide racetrack. But street stocks, in my opinion, don't move near as much as late models do. And yep. you got a wall to your inside and a wall to your outside. you got a finite room to work with at Eldora. You're in the middle of the 11th row of, of 33 cars. How, yep. was, how was that? Did they, did they fan out pretty evenly, it, or was it pretty yeah, wild? Yeah, it, it, was, it was amazing. There was, there was no issues at all. Wow. But, it, you know, we, we all kind of had the same thing in mind. Man, this is going to be a disaster. Let's just make it through <laughs> a couple corners. So, you know, that's it, that that's basically what we did. Everybody just kind of rolled around there and got strung out a little bit and then went at it. Curtis, I got to ask you, you know, it's 36, 37 years now. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people along the way that played a big part in – in how successful your career was. And before we let you get out of here, I, I want to give, give you a chance to acknowledge those people. Oh, geez. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> well, the show ends in about 10 minutes. So I think, you know, if you can do it within about five, that'd be good. Yeah, man, there's just a ton of people, but you know, I'll, I'll just mention a few. Um, Sean Nagy, he, he was a big factor. Um, a lot of my pit guys, Fred Myers, Chris Tetsworth, and his brother Mike, and Kelly Cotton, and geez, I can go on and on and on and on. Um, of course, my wife for letting me do it—that's huge. But uh, I don't know. I guess my final question for you is: What was the what was the moment? Because I've never. I've never experienced this, uh, you know, firsthand. What was the moment for you that you said, you know what, this is, this is it. Uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and call it, call it a quits in 2023. Was it the years? Did something happen or are you just uh, ready to enjoy other aspects of life? Well, I, I've always said that I was going to do this until I was 55 and that was my full intent. And, Last year, we were well into the season. It's like, holy cow! I'm 55. I'm I'm not supposed to be doing this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Time time goes by so fast. It's crazy. It and, quite uh, it quite literally snuck up on you. Absolutely. Um, but I, I I've I've always wanted to get out while I was still competitive. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to hang on, you know, until I look like shit, but you know, which that happens a lot, sure. but still not for, um, I'm not saying sure to you. I'm saying sure that that happens to other drivers in their careers where they wait too long and they become a field filler. And, and I think, I think it does their career dis, a disservice where people remember where they were in the way rather than when they were the way. Yeah, absolutely. And I I feel that I'm still competitive. Um, I guess this year will will tell whether <laughs> I am or not. But um, you know, so I just decided you know it's time, and um, let's let's go out with a 2023 farewell tour. 
Talk to me. Uh, this isn't something that you guys do a lot uh, in your career, um, but with this being such a big year, are you going to put together a schedule of where you're going to be, or are you guys going to wake up on Thursday and say, okay, this is what we're doing this weekend? Um, I'm going to try to put one together the best that I can, um, but I'm not going to guarantee that I won't wake up on Wednesday or Thursday and say, well, I think I'm going to change my mind and I'm going to go over here. Yeah. You're, but, you're entitled to do that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, I'm going to, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm going to try to hit all the Michigan tracks and, and, um, I would like to do a week, maybe two weeks, depending on health and, and whatnot of the summer nationals. So, um, I would like to run, somewhere between 30 and 40 nights this year do you let your think about uh, wrapping this year up with a thirty-five thousand dollar to win wood tick say that again would wouldn't that be a nice way to wrap up your career with a thirty-five thousand dollar to win wood tick wouldn't it oh absolutely would <laughs> i i've i've won it well a couple times i guess maybe um but i would love to win it one more time That'd be a hell of a retirement check, let me tell you. That'd be all yeah. right. That'd be all right. Curtis, uh, we already did the thank yous. We talked about the schedule. Um, I think now we wait until the end of September and we see if you're actually going to pull through with this because we've seen it before where guys say they're going to hang up the helmet, then they get done with the season and say, ah, I'm having too damn much fun. I'm going to do it again next year. But uh, <laughs> I, I do want to say uh, wish you the best of luck. Uh, I know that you're going to do great this year. You're going to have a lot of fun. And uh, on behalf of Rich and myself, we're looking forward to seeing you at a racetrack, and, and we're going to come up and shake your hand and congratulate you. I want to say right here, congratulations, son, on really a banner career, man. Your name is synonymous with Dirt Late Model Racing in Michigan, rightfully so. And uh, I know you're super humble, and, and that's hard to hear, but um, great job, man. What a career. Glad to glad to have got a chance to watch you race. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for the interview. I do appreciate it. And by all means, get with me in September, and we'll see where I'm at. <laughs> I love it. Curtis Roberts, uh, everybody, thank you so much, Curtis. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good evening. I'm telling you, uh, there are only a couple of guys that you put that you write down have to go and see, and this is one of them. Curtis Roberts here in 2023, you have to go and see, because as he mentioned, Rich, he is still very competitive. He's very capable of winning in that 9R machine. And uh, I, I got an idea, too. When you know that it's probably going to be your going-away party, you kind of dress it up a little bit. And I got an idea that Curtis Roberts will go to Victory Lane this year. You know, don't don't uh, confuse the humility that you and humbleness from him. Um, he is a very tough competitor when he get when he puts the helmet on and jumps in that race car um i expect him to win several features events this year especially if he plans on running 30 to 40 events and i wouldn't count him out that he is still very fast uh you know he, he's he's still the coleman comet i'm telling That's you right and uh you can't overlook him at any racetrack he goes to like i said including 
would tick. It wouldn't surprise me if he pulled one of those off in his final year as well. That'd be pretty neat. All right, we've been talking about all the racing that's going on, and, and actually, as we speak, right, uh, racing still happening at uh, Ocala and Bubba Raceway Park, but let's take a look at the upcoming calendar. If you're listening to this show on Monday night, you probably are missing the Ocala race, and if you're listening to it on Tuesday, you've missed Bubba Raceway Park. Uh, but, Rich, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series back in action at the end of this week. As we mentioned, uh, they'll unload at Alltech Raceway before it seems like half of the country converges on East Bay Raceway Park. Yep, and uh, and we can also give you a little bit of a head start, right? Uh, World Series of Asphalt Stock Car Racing, that kicks off February 10th through the 18th, nine straight nights of, of, of uh, shows at New Smyrna. Um, pavement, yep. And am I going to be watching it? Yep. yep. Uh, and and yep. I do want to mention, too, we said basically everybody's going to East Bay. Uh, Dirt Car UMP Modifieds were at North Florida Speedway over the last couple of days. They head to East Bay starting on Tuesday, and they'll be there through Saturday as well. And uh, so we'll kind of get a little overlap there with the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series and some Dirt Car UMP Modifieds. Uh, so if you got that Flow Racing subscription, it's going to come in real handy this week. Yeah, I didn't know. Sprint cars are going to go to Bubba, I think, in East Bay. I think, yeah, I think so yeah, I at think. some point. I think they're they're coming up, I think, in the next week or so. So you can always look up – you just look up those tracks. Florida Speed Weeks is no longer two weeks at Daytona. Oh, my goodness. It is a it is a month, and it starts in January. That's right. So, hey, that's going to do it for tonight, and it's going to do it. We say farewell to season number four, and uh, we again invite you to join us into season number five where – uh, I'll admittedly say for the first time in two seasons, you'll get a new intro uh, to the show, so you can at least listen and look forward to that. <laughs> and we've got really cool things. I will say this. I'll tease you. We've got some marketing partners coming on for season number five. We've got some really great support uh, as we head into this new season, which has enabled us to be able to do some really cool things. And uh, we wouldn't be Horsepower Happenings if we didn't uh, bring on the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Blackmer, uh, we're going to try to get a hold of him and see if he can kick off a new season of Horsepower Happenings next Monday night. Same time, same place right here. And we're allowed to, we're allowed to do this, Zach, before we get out. If you'd like to be a supporter of the program and want to support us on the marketing side, reach out to Zach or I. We can take care of you. Um, we can work out any kind of a package you want works for us so. that's right we got we got yep. we got plenty of space uh we got plenty of air time we'd love to have you be on board so that's gonna do it thanks so much for all your support through season one two three and four and we're looking forward to getting that big run off the cush coming out of turn number four into season number five have a great week we'll talk to you same time same place next week right here with an all-new season of horsepower happenings You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to HorsepowerHappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.